lines? Yeah. Good morning. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Tavsches in Maseches Kiddushin. We'll start two lines up from the bottom of Zion and Rebbe's. Let me catch you up, Barry. Ready? So, about eight lines up, F, what are we doing? We're being Mekadesh, a woman with money, right? You have to give her Kesef. So, the question is, does it actually have to be hard, cold cash? So, the case that was brought up um, at, towards the end of Zion with Bez was, what if a man is Mekadesh, a woman, with a quantity of silk? So, there's Mechlokas, Rabba and Rabbi Yosef. Rabba said, you could be Mekadesh with Right, commodities. Good morning, Andrew. Andrew, what do you call it when um, when you don't use actual cash money, but like a bartering of value, like you use a commodity? I don't know. Okay, you know what? Take a little more coffee. Lay it down your load. Rabba says, no appraisal needed. This was the machlokas. Okay, do you need to have an actual value? Right. So I have a nice bundle of, of silk, Andrew. Right, and and I'm being Makadisha woman. So it's very clear that it's more than a shavapruta. That's not in question. It's very valuable, what I'm, what I'm being makadashar with. But does she need to know the actual value? That's a good question. Why would she? Why wouldn't she? So that's Mechlokas. First of all, Rabbi says she, you don't need to appraise it. She knows it's valuable enough. Lot Shrichi Shuma. And Rabbi Yosef says Shrichi Shuma. No, Rabbi Yosef insists that, that we know what the amount is going to be. So the Gemara had previously said yesterday... Maybe because maybe the case is when he said it was worth a specific amount. Uh, well, if that's the case, then it's just like a local machlokas as to whether the specific amount that he said matches up, right? In other words, like this, Barry. Once you say, here, I'm being Makadashi with $1,000 worth of silk. So now in her mind, maybe it's the $1,000 value of the silk that's being, that she's being right, committing to, so to speak. And now it's a question of whether it really needs to be $1,000 worth of silk. Or, Ika de Amri, two lines up from the bottom of Zainab Bays, maybe it's an issue of what? Behold the Nami Pligi, that maybe they'll argue, right, when he asked her to accept the silk as is, behold the who, right, he didn't specify an amount. So therefore, what would be the machlokas? Rabbi Yosef, Amar Shava Kesef, Kesef. Rabbi Yosef insists that even when you are Mekadosh a woman with Shava Kesef, which is, like uh, a commodity uh, worth a certain value, it has to be like money. How so? Ma kesef the kits, continues the Gemara, as we turn, arrive at Chesam and Aleph, just like money has a finite, specific value, af shava chesef nami de kites, so too, right, when you're uh, a Kaddish woman with an actual item, a commodity, it has to, you have to know what the value of the item is. And that's why whenever you're a Kaddish woman, it has to be, even if it's with a commodity, you could do that. You could do it with a ring. Well, this sounds like it would be a lachalamaisa, doesn't it? Don't we, don't we use a ring, Barry? When we use a ring under the chuppah, which is the standard way that we do it, does she need to know the exact value of the ring? Maybe she's only committing to it if it's a specific, to the specific value. If we held like Rabbi Yosef, you can't just surprise her. It doesn't even matter, you know, how many carats the diamond is and what cut it is. She would need to know the exact value for it to work according to Rabbi Yosef. That's what this is saying. Rabbi says, no, she knows it's valuable enough. Right, so the Masada Kedushin asks, is it worth the Shavapruta? But it's an important point they bring up, Barry, because we're not talking about Shavapruta. Everybody knows it's worth more than Shavapruta. The Machlokas Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef is not whether she knows it's a Shavapruta. The Machlokas is, does she know the specific value? It would matter whether it's $1,000 or $5,000 or $500. 
She needs to know that value, not just that it's a Sheva Pruta. That's the Machlokas. Even if she's asked that question, is this worth the Sheva Pruta? And she says yes, and she accepts that as the value of it? Okay, so, so Barry's saying, if she explicitly says, I don't care how much it's worth, as long as I know that it's worth more than the Sheva Pruta, so then maybe then it would be okay, right? But I guess in the absence of that declaration, what would you say, right, in a, in a case where she's given a, a ring, well, use a ring as an example, uh, in a case where she's given a ring, what would you say if she's given a ring and she doesn't know how much it is? She just knows that it's more than Shefer Pruta. Does she need to know the value or not? So we're used to Rabbah, right? Rabbah says she doesn't need to know the value. She knows that it's more than Shefer Pruta, right? The Masadic Kedushin says, is this more than Shefer Pruta? She says, yes, and, I'm, and I love this man. You know, we're going to live for, happily ever after Bezat Hashem. Rabbi Yosef says, no, 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 no. You need to have the specific amount. So now the Gemara is going to ask, where did you get this shita from? I'm Rabbi Yosef, mina amina la. Where do I know that you need to know the amount? The Tanya. I learned from Bryce. The Bryce says, Mikesef Miknaso. What's, what's Mikesef Miknaso? Rashi explains it's in the context of Ebed Ivri. In the context of Ebed Ivri, we say Ebed Ivri can buy himself. Says the Gemara, Mikesef hu nikna ve'enu nikna This is a Bryce. The Bryce says that an Ebed buys, purchases himself back, an Ebed Ivri, with only money, not Tvuva Kalim. Okay, so now we have to understand what this b'risa means. Two of a kalim means grain and utensils. So what are grain and utensils? So one way to learn the b'risa is that when an Evid Ivri buys himself back, it has to be with, with, only with money, not with commodities. So it sounds like uh, if you're going to draw an analogy to Kiddusha Isha, that when a person is sort of like Kona and Makna himself, it has to be only with money. That, that's what Rabbi Yosef reads into the b'risa. Let's... Flesh it out a little more. Says the Gemara. What does it mean by commodities of grain and, and kalim? If what you're saying is that a slave can never purchase himself back with commodities at all, ever, well, that can't be true because Yashiv The Torah actually has a reboy of Yashiv Gulaso. As Rashi explains, Rashi says three lines down. Yashiv Okay, means that it. Uh, extends the idea of, right, pidyon, of a slave being poda himself, redeeming himself, to shavakesif, to commodities, right? Whenever we say shavakesif, we mean not actual money, but something that has the value of money in the commodity form. So we know already from Yashav Gulaso that that can't be true, that categorically you can't use anything other than money to redeem yourself or to be makna. So that can't be what the b'risa means, elamai. So it says... It can't mean that, so again, the b'risa, that's the source for Yosef's idea that you need to know the amount of money, is using uh, kesef as opposed to two of a kalim. But it can't mean that it's money as opposed to shava kesef, because shava kesef for sure works. So what does it mean? Right? So, right, so again, Yosef kesef. So already we know that you could use shava kesef. Okay. But if you're, if you're going to say that the case must be that when it says two of a kalim, it means things that are like grain and um, right and utensils that are less worth less than a shavapruta. That can't be the case because my ear two of a kalim because you wouldn't have to then use the case of grain and utensils a filukasif nami because even if you use money itself, if it was less than a shavapruta, it wouldn't be worth anything, right? So the distinction between kasef and utensils can't be that only kesef could be used to redeem because we know that that's not the case. You could use 
okay, and the distinction also can't be that it's less than a Shavapruta because we know that for sure nothing, even Kesef, wouldn't work. So what's the distinction between Kesef and Shava Kesef in the Brisa? Says the, says Rabbi Yosef, Elav, the Isbu Shavapruta, has to be a case where the grain and the kalim aforementioned are in fact worth a Shavapruta, but Chavan de Lokaitzi, low. And the reason why it doesn't work is because unlike money, which obviously well, you can count, and when you look at it, you know the exact value. We talk about commodities like grain and utensils. Then the case must have been that you were using grains and utensils that had not been, right, appraised. And with a lack of appraisal, they don't have the power not to be poda and eved and not to be kona and isha. Which is to say, this is Reb Yosef's, right, proof that if an isha is going to be mekudeshes with, let's say, a ring, she needs to know the value of the ring. Because that's the whole difference between money and commodities. Money and commodities can both be used, but commodities can only be used if you know what the value is, the same way as money. He gets that out of the brisa, right, of the Evet. So the Gemara says, V'idach. So what, what would Rabbi say? So Rabbi, Rabbi would say, Hachi Kamar, B'toros Kesef Unikne, V'inikne B'toros Tevu Question here is, how does Rabbi read that brisa of the Evet? What's the distinction between the money and the grain and, and Kalim according to Rabbi? So the answer is, a totally different vart, right? A totally different concept, which is betoras kesef, which is to say what the method of money. What's the method of money? Method of money is you hand money over to somebody. That's how you are kona and isha. That's how you're poda and eved. Not betoras tuvavakelim. Umayni, what does it mean by toras tuvavakelim? Chalipin. So tuvavakelim is used as an example, according to Rabbah, of a different kind of kinyan, Kenyan called Chalipin. We already referred to Chalipin. Chalipin is when you do what? When you like switch, right? We'll see what Chalipin is, right? But Chalipin is basically, we already said, when you exchange like almost like a barter, right? It's a method of Kenyan, right? Where you exchange one thing for, uh, with another, right? And the Bryce is going to say, for that, you don't necessarily need a determined value. That's not the issue. In other words, the issue in the brisa why the why the grain didn't work is not because it, we didn't know the value. Maybe we did know the value, or maybe we didn't know the value. We don't need to know the value. That wasn't the problem. The problem was we didn't do a proper kinyan. We did a kinyan chalipin, and that should never work neither for pejon nor for kedushin. That's Rabbah's interpretation of the brisa. Okay. However, we have a little bit of an issue with Rabbah's answer because with Rav Nachman, our Paris love the chalipin. Rav Nachman holds that produce, right, which would include grain. Peros here means produce. Lo avdi chalipin. You can't use it for chalipin. Well, if you can't use it for chalipin, then can't, that can't be what the Bryce is talking about. And so Rabbah doesn't have a, a proper interpretation of the Bryce according to Rav Nachman. So according to Rav Nachman, what would Rabbah's right, uh, interpretation of the Bryce would be according to Rav Nachman? If it's not an issue of chalipin, so what is it? Says the Gemara, no, this is how we're going to do it. El olam pruta. We go back, right? And we're going to say that the case in the grain and kalim is where there was not a shava pruta, pruta, okay, not shava pruta. So wait a minute, if it's not a shava pruta, so then it wouldn't work even if it was kesef. That was our objection then. So and that's the reason why the woman is not mukadeshus or the slave would not be nifta. So what is the brisa teaching if that shava pruta? Says the gemara or the kaamras because if to that which you asked, my era two of a kalim, a filo kesef nami. So as to that question of if it's not a Shavapruta, then we don't even have to have a distinction between Kesef and Tavu of a Kalim, because after all, 
Neither would work if it's less than a Shevar Pruta. Lomi Bai Kamar. So the interpretation of the Bryce would have to be that it's a case of Lomi Bai. Lomi Bai is a style of, right, a Brysa where we would say, not only this, but even this. We don't really need to say, in other words, Ein Hachinami. It is true, Kesef wouldn't work either. But what we're saying is that Kesef wouldn't work either, and also the grain and the kalim wouldn't work either. So in other words, when it says Kesef, it's talking about when it's Shavar Pruta and it would work. When it says two of a kalim, so then it wouldn't work for two of a kalim if it's less than Kesef, and even Kesef wouldn't work uh, if it were less than a Shavar Pruta. And that's the only distinction of the Brisa. Andrew, what ends up happening, if you're going to say that the distinction in the Bryce is, is whether it's Shavar Pruta versus not Shavar Pruta, you're not really learning much at all, right? Um, but that would at least explain why it would work in a case of, of Kesef and not work in a case of Kalim, and uh, according to Rabbah. Now, the truth is, right, it's not likely that the Bryce, I mean, the Bryce wouldn't be teaching you anything according to that. So you'd have to, Rabbah would have to explain why the Bryce is teaching you that. So that's why the Gemara continues, says, Lomi bai kesef the e ispe shavar pruta e in e lo lo. In other words, we're spelling out what the lomi bai would be. The lomi bai is that we not, it's not necessary to learn kesef because when it comes to money, if it's shavar pruta, it would be effective. And if it's not Shavar Pruta, it would not be effective. Avatuva Kalim, you might have thought, Avatuva Kalim, Ema, by, by grains and utensils, you might have said, Midimikarva Haniyasayu, Gamur Makne Nafshe. That's the Havamina. What's Midimikarva Haniyasayahu? Rashi, Mizumanim Lahanos Mehen. Rashi's explaining like this. There's something called ready to eat, Barry, right? So if somebody hands you, Right, uh, a nickel, what are you going to do with this thing? It's, let's say it's not Shavar Pruta. I don't know exactly what a Pruta would be these days, but right, something that you really can't do much with. So then what are you going to do with this? Right? However, if somebody hands you like a handful of sunflower seeds that maybe not be a Shavar Pruta, but it's ready to eat, you'll eat that, right? That'll be a pick-me-up snack in the afternoon. So that's me to cover Hanayasayu. It's ready to have Hana from it. And maybe if that's the case, then a woman would be willing to be makne herself, so to speak, for it, to accept that for Kiddushin. That's what it means, right? I mean, since it's ready to have hana from it, it's close, right? From Lashon, close. It's ready to eat. Gamar umakne nafshe, right? The perspective Eved would commit to sell himself or the woman for that uh, matter would, would be makne herself, kamash malan, and that's why you need the brisa. So that was the issue. The issue, it, the issue was the rabbi might have thought Rabbi is going to say, right, Rabbi's issue, as we said, was this price doesn't teach you anything. We know that a woman and, and an Evid can't be makna with less than a Shavar Pruta. But no, the reason why we use Kalim and, right, and, and the idea of grain is because that is ready to use. And therefore, you might have thought that they would be makna nafshe, that the Evid or the woman would have uh, actually accepted it uh, because it's ready to use despite its low value. Kamash Malan, we learned that no, that even the kalim and the grain need to have a value of a Shavar Pruta, and it is for that reason that that Brisa is teaching you something, and that's Rabbah's interpretation of the Brisa, and therefore this distinction, right, has nothing to do with needing to know exactly the value and the appraisal of the ring. That is Rabbah's Shita, fine. So now, 18 lines down, Rabbi Yosef's going to have to bring another source for why you need to have the appraisal. I'm Rabbi Yosef, Mina, Mina, fine. 
Let me tell you where I know that the silk needs to have full appraisal. Titania, a different brisa. This brisa has to do with what? A kohen. Pidyon ben. Egel ben. We know about pidyon ben, right, Andrew? When a person is, right, getting the... I was at a pidyon ben this year. Uh, the last time I had been to a pidyon ben was that kid's father. <laughs> so they were both in attendance, Baruch Hashem. And it's, it's, it's kind of rare. So anyways, Egel zelafidyon bni. So, okay, you know you give the money to the coin. The coin has to have a certain amount. So what if instead of the amount, the five, right, shkalim, right, you give him uh, you, uh, some bartering. You give him some, something else. You give him a calf, Egel zelafidyon bni. Or talus zelafidyon bni. Give him like a nice suit. Or a talus lomaklum. The brace teaches you. That's nothing. Slime. I said shkalim. I meant slime. But if you said, right, uh, accept this egel as, as a five slime donate, uh, you know, right, pidyon, or or you value it to talus, right, at five slime, then his son is, in fact, going to be, going to have a pidyon. So what do we learn? That the actual pidyon requires a monetary value. It can't just be some sort of garment but, or, or you know, any other commodity. It has to be an actual value. So that's Rabbi Yosef's proof that anything like this, the Shavakasov needs to have a value. So now the Gemara is going to ask like this. Hi, pidyon hechidami. What was exactly going on with this pidyon? If you say, again, he said accept this as a five, dollar, a five slime suit. Wait. Barry, does that mean that the suit was for sure evaluated like at a suit store at Five Slime? Or did it just mean Five Slime, a suit in lieu of Five Slime? What does it mean, right? So in other words, again, if the father is saying just accept the suit as Five Slime, but it's not actually Five Slime in value, so Kol Kamine, does the father really have the power to have this pigeon just by saying that this is Five Slime worth of suit? Without it being true, like you can't do that. Ella lav afal gav de It has to be that the Bryce is speaking of a case where it is, in fact, worth exactly five slime. It's not a fictitious thing. Because again, the Torah says five slime. So you can't get around it by just giving an imaginary thing and saying, here's five slime worth of bubble gum. Like it doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. It has to have a value. So it has to be that the case is that it has five slime worth value. So then if it has five slime value, why does it matter whether you give it to him without declaring the value or with declaring the value? Has to be, says Rabbi Yosef, right? Even though the value really is five slime. The distinction in the Brisa with respect to the Pidyon Aben is, of course it was worth five slime, but if you expressed it, then you had a full appraisal, it works. Must be, if you don't express it and you don't have a full appraisal, it does not work even if it is worth that amount of money. So you see that appraisal matters. So the Gemara, lo, lo, um, de lo shavi. That can't be the case. The case is it was not worth five slime at all. Right? Because there is a way around it. You said that the Torah says five slime and only the, I would have said it's something else. I don't, I don't know if you care what I would have said. But I could have said that the Torah says five slime and therefore that's prescribed in the Torah. And therefore, you can't bring a case from Pidyon Ben altogether, right? That, of course, you need to have it evaluated because you need to have five slime. That's not what the Gemara says. The Gemara comes from the other direction and says, no. The case is that it's not even worth five slime. 
But apparently, a Kohen who is participating in a Pinyon Ben has the power to uh, accept less than five slime, even though the Torah prescribes it. It's like a suggestion. Right? Says the Gemara, The Kohen accepted less than five slime. Kihadar of Kahana, of Kahana, as his name suggests, was a Kohen. Right? Shakil Right? He accepted a handkerchief. He accepted a hanky. That was not worth five slime. It was worth practically nothing. And he said to the father, who was, you know, participating in the Pinyon Ben, This is to me like five slime, and we see that it works. Wow. So the fact that that works, that's only because the coin has the power to do so. Maybe the woman isn't uh, farginning, as we say, right? Maybe she isn't okay with that. So because the coin could do that, that's why it may not matter, right? Uh, and, it, and it may not be a case where it's five slime worth. And so the distinction would be, right, is it even worth anything? anything? So I'm a Ravashi. Uh, we have a principle that emerges from Rav Kahana. Lo Amon Elakagon Rav Kahana. You can't use a case like that outside of Rav Kahana's instance. Why? The Gavar Rabahu. Because Rav Kahana was a big Tamachacham, a great man. And he needed to have something covering on his head. At the time, I guess he didn't. This would not apply to most people. It's unbelievable. Gavar Rabahu says Rashi. Great men don't, work around, don't walk around with their head exposed. I guess they weren't wearing yarmulkes. What was Rav Kahana not wearing a yarmulke at the time? Or put it put it this way: Would you be able to sell a yarmulke to a non-Jew? What is he going to do with it? Like, how much would he pay for a yarmulke? Right? It's just a piece of cloth. But for us, we actually walk up Gilly Rush. So maybe for us, we would pay five slime for a yarmulke. So the context here of Rav Kahana matters. So that's a little bit of a qualification here, right? It's like an esrog we're coming up on, right? Who would buy a citron for two hundred dollars in the grocery store? But for us, come Sukkot time, we'll examine it 10 times over. Okay, so now, just to have a story to explain how some things can have value and it's some uh, degree of subjectivity, right? He bought a, right, so a shmata from uh, Rabbah from Kuve's mother and Shavei Asar Betlesar. It was worth 10, but he paid 13 because to say that it was from that place or whatever, for whatever reason, it had a subjective value for him. Okay, but we see that there's some subjectivity to the value here, and maybe that subjectivity is how Rabba would answer up that price with regards to the Pidyon Haben. Okay, fine. So now seven lines up from the middle lines, the two dots. Amar Rabbi Elazar. Okay, cool cases. Rabbi Elazar says, uh, I'm going to be Makashi with the mana. Mana is a decent amount of money. That's good. That works. But that's not dinar. Uh-oh. He gave her only... Like a mana, if a mana is a hundred dollars, a dinar is a dollar. So he only gave her one. Amazingly, the halacha is Harezu Mikudeshas Vyashlim. Yeah. She is Mikudeshas. He just has to pay her the other ninety-nine dollars, so to speak, at some later time. Says the Gemara, my time, why does that work? So the the Gemara explains. He said he's gonna be Makadash with a hundred bucks. And then he only gave her a dollar. It's as if he said, I'm going to be Mikadash you now with this dollar on the condition that I pay you the rest of the hundred dollars. And then, we know what the Allah is in a case like that. Because whenever you start off a Kiddushin with a Tznai and Almanas, it's as if, it's as if the Kiddushin starts now. We had some initial down payment, okay, 
And, and it, the condition therefore starts at the moment now. And then I'll, you know, make you whole eventually. And that does work. We know that that works. And that's why if you say I'll be Makadashi with a hundred dollars and you give her a dollar, it works right away. So the Gemara Mesve. But we have a Bryce that seems to contradict it. What does the Bryce say? He'd actually be money. Case where a man says, marry me with a hundred dollars. And then he takes out a wad and he starts counting the dollars one at a time. He has it in, in, in single dollar bills. So as he's, right, putting down the kosher money, one after the other, one of them back, gets cold feet and backs out. Either the man or the woman wants to back out. Barry, he's put down 98, even $99. He's about to put down the last dollar. The whole deal is about to be sealed. It's still in the rishus of either one of them to back out. Well, how is that so? Andrew. If the first dollar already sealed the deal, how's dollar ninety nine? You still how are you still able to back out? Riddle me that, says the Gemara. Yeah, it's two different cases. In the case of the Brita and the Brisa, where he says be mekudeshedly with this money, money zoo. Well, now her expectation is to receive the entire. In other words, Barry, if he takes out a wad and says this wad of hundred dollar bills. Is what I'm being is what I'm you with. Now she's got her eyes on the whole thing, right? In contrast, if all he says, right, is I'm being mikdash with a hundred dollars, and here's the first dollar that you're going to frame from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, right? That you, that's going to seal the deal. So then, so then that would be what she has in mind right away, right? So it has to do with the woman's mindset. She sees the whole watch, she expects the whole watch. If she sees the first dollar and she knows that that's just representative of the hundred dollars, then she'll accept that. That's the case. <laughs> Says the Gemara, wait a minute. How many to say for Manazu? But wait, if the second clause, as we'll see in the Brisa, deals with the case of Manazu. So Reisha Bimanastam. So does that, does that make sense that the first part is a, is a regular mana, a Makadashi with a mana, and then he gives her, with a hundred dollars, and he gives her a dollar, and the safe was talking about when he takes out the entire wad? So, the Gemara is going to say it like this. this. This has to be what's going on. The Katani Seifa. The Brisa, what do you mean Seifa? Which is the Seifa? So now the Gemara is going to tell you what the Seifa is. Here, let's quote the Seifa as follows. The Seifa of that same Brisa said as follows. The man says to her, uh, with this $100. Mind you, right? He's holding the wad in his hand. And let's say, as they're counting it one at a time, whoops, he only had $99 bills in there. Uh-oh. Oh, Dina Shon the Oh, one of the $100 bills wasn't really $100. One of the dollar bills was turned out to be a monopoly money, you know what I mean? Or, right, in some ways, not value at a dollar. Ain't a Mikudeshis, right? Because she's not Mikudeshis. However, unbelievably, Dina Ra. And so maybe the monopoly wasn't a great. What's a Dina Ra? We're going to have to see in the Gemara what a Dina Ra is. So if somehow it was something less valuable and there was not $100 in the wad, that's fine. If there really was $100, but one of the $100 was defective in some way, we'll see in which way, then the defective is okay in a sense because she's mikudeshes. True, he's going to have to replace it with a kosher money, with a real with a real dollar, but she is mikudeshes. Okay, that's what the Seifa says in that prices. And let's explain. Wait a minute. Low. 
We have to explain the Bryce as follows. Reisha v'seifa d'armer b'monazu. Both the Reisha and the Seifa must be talking consistently about a case where the husband holds out the wad, the prospective chasen, holds out the whole wad and says, this is the wad I'm going to be Makadashi with. Ufirushi kame farish. And the end of the Bryce is really explaining the beginning of the Bryce as follows. As follows. If one of them wants to back out as he's laying down the dollar bills one, one at a time on the table, then even if it's the la- even up until the last dollar, one of them can back out. Kate said, what would be the case? Right? The case would be, and this is what it's explaining. When he said to her, right, that I'm going to, right, you're going to be Makadesh to me with this money, right? And then it was found that the, that the dinar at the end was missing. And this interpretation of the Brisa actually makes sense. Because if you're going to think that the first part of the Brisa was when he just said, I'll be Makarshi with a mana, and he didn't have the wad in his hand, right? Now that the first part of the Brisa established that he doesn't, that the condition does not take effect, if you're, if you're going to say that that's the, right, if one of them retracts when he says, when he says mana, then certainly do you have to learn it by mana zoo? After all, it's obvious in the Brisa, and we have a contradiction here, but what's going on is as follows. If you're going to really say, Barry, that what the Brisa means is that even if he says, I'm going to be Mkadashi with $100, and he just put, gives her like a, Right, representative dollar, and that's still not, and you could still back out until she gets the full hundred dollars. So it certainly would be true that she's not Mikudeshis when instead of the representative dollar, he showed her the whole wad. There, certainly, she's going to have uh, the mindset of waiting for the last dollar before she's Mikudeshis, right? So that is what the Gemara is suggesting now that both parts of the Bryce are talking about a case where he promised her this exact wad of a hundred dollars. So now the Gemara is going to have to counter that. He's going to say, we could still explain, right, where the Seifa is Bimana Zu and the Reisha is Bimana. How so? Because Imashum Ha, if the only reason that you defended, if, right, that you defended Rabbi Lazar, Lo Irai, then you don't have an argument. Why? Because you could say, Tana Seifa Legalui Reisha, that really the reason why we learned the Seifa was to reveal what the real Reisha of the Brisa meant. How so? Because In other words, it's not nonsensical to say that the first um, case of the Brisa was Bimana and the second case was Bimana Zu because maybe the reason why it was structured that way is that you won't mistakenly say that the first part of the Brisa deals with the case of Manazu, right? So you ha- we had to teach you that the first case had to be talking about regular Mana, not Manazu, right? Because if we hadn't, then you would have thought, well, maybe... The first case is also manazu, stam Maybe if you say manastam, it is in fact going to work. So we explicitly teach you in the Seifa that's manazu to dafka, yes, not, not to have the two cases parallel and consistent, but to dafka teach you that the first case is in fact manastam. The manastam, despite the fact that it's a regular mana, vafiluhaki lo Right, that even though he just said I'll be makadosh with money, it's still not going to be valid. Right. So, in other words, when you say manazu in the seifa, <laughs> you can look at it one of two ways. You can say, oh, well, now that teaches you that that's what the ratio meant, manazu. It has to be a case that's consistent. Or you could say it's dafka teaching you that even when it's only money, 
right? Or if it's monazu, to contrast it with the ratio. And, and either way, the condition doesn't work. So the, what comes out in the end is that we're not really conclusive whether it's consistent with Revelazar or not. Because the brysa could be understood in, in both ways, right? So we don't know whether the ratio was mana zoo or regular mana, okay? So now in the first wide line, let's reconcile the brysa with the Lazar as follows. Rashi Yomar like this. Mo, what's the difference between mana v'holech? Right, again, the question is, what's the difference between when he says b'mana or, and then, or, and then it works uh, right away from the first dollar? Or when he's putting down the dollars one at a time, you could back out up until the 99th. Says Ravashi, a sharp shot as follows. Motive holach shiny. The case when he's putting it down one dollar at a time is different. Why? Because the daita akule. Because she's watching and counting. So she's like with bated breath and anticipation waiting for the whole thing. It's like part of the procedure to put down the dollar one at a time. So it's different. He's capturing her attention, Barry. And so the, she's anticipating all hundred dollars uh, as it were, right? The whole, all the dinarim. And therefore it's for that reason that she's not mekudesh until she gets all of them. Now, just going back to the Bryson, what was this dinar shenachoshes? Hi, dinar shenachoshes, echi dummy. What was the copper dinar? If she knew about it, so then she, and she still accepted the Kiddushan. So it sounds like she thought about it and she was accepted. It should be fine. It's more than a pruta, so then the Kiddushan should be fine. So the Gemara says, It must be that she didn't realize, she didn't sniff out the, the uh, copper dinar. Either because it was at nighttime and she didn't see it, or or it was amongst the other zuzim and she just didn't see it. Okay, that's what that means. Then the Gemara says, What was the case of the dinar, the defective dinar? So, well, if it's like so defective that it's like not usable, it's monopoly money, then it's no better than a cop- copper dinar, then why would Kedushin be valid with a dinar ra while it's invalid in the case of a copper dinar? Says the Gemara, No, it's not monopoly money per se. It's money that you could spend with difficulty. It's like a ruble or something, you know what I mean? It's like you'd have to go exchange it somewhere, right? Like if you gave a nickel to a mishulach, at the Kotel, what is he going to do with a nickel? He's going to have to go and figure out a way to turn that into, right, into the shkalim. So, but it can be done. So that's what it means. So it's not great, but it does have the value. Fine. Let's talk halachas. It's a fascinating thing. A man says to a woman, be mekudesh to me with $100. Instead of giving her the money, he gives her something for, he gives her his iPhone, Rahman al-Tzlan, Instead, and says, hold on to that until you get the $100. Is she Mikudesh? Says the Gemara, no. As we turn to Chesim at base. Why? Mana inkan mashkon inkan. As Rashi explains, there's like a mimanafshach here. She doesn't really have the iPhone because you're not letting her keep that. You're going to take that back. And she doesn't have the $100 yet. So she's essentially got neither at this moment. And she needs to have something tangible in order to be Mikudesh. To which Esau of Rav of Nachman, Rav is going to come in and say, is that really true? Because after all, we have a Bryce that says, Kitchen Mashkan Mekudeshes. Yeah, that sounds like a direct stira. There's a direct Bryce that says that you can be Mekadesh woman with a Mashkon. How could you be? We just gave a whole reasoning why a Mashkon doesn't work. Because a Mashkon is a collateral where you neither have it, you'll have to give it back, nor do you have the initial sum. So the Gemara of Nachman answers that there's two different kinds of Mashkons. Hausen Bamashkon Dacherim. The b'risa, where you're talking about mashkan ba'acherim, is actually good. As Rashi explains, what happens is like this. A man is owed money, and he says to a woman, this debt, and he has a mashkan. 
right? For he has collateral for that money that he's owed, and he gets, says to the woman, "I'm giving you the whole sum of the debt." Now that person who owed me money, he's going to owe you the money, and here's the mashkon. Well, that actually is actually giving her something tangible. Uh, explains the Gemara because there, mashkon da'cherim, the woman is actually definitely acquiring something. Because if the man was not going to repay his loan, she gets to keep the mashkon. So there, the Mimon of Shach kind of works in the other way. It means that either way, she either keeps the mashkon or she's going to get the money. For sure, she has something tangible in hand already. And that's illustrated by Rabbi Yitzchak. Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak, How do we know that a creditor can be the owner of a mashkon? The Pasuk says, Right, Hashem Tashivlo, Tavot, Kavashemesh. This is talking about the collateral for a loan. We say in Devarim, when you have a poor person, you have to give them back their uh, nightgown in order to sleep in it at night. And says the, says the Torah, Lachati Yetzdaka. That would be like Yetzdaka. Here's the Chap. You ready, Barry? It's only Yetzdaka if you actually owned it. Meaning, the fact that giving the cloak that was given to you as a collateral, the fact that giving him back to use it for the night is considered stucca illustrates that really it's rightfully yours, meaning it's rightfully belongs to the person who's holding the collateral. It's really rightfully his. But as a stucca, he'll give it because that's the right thing to do, so to speak, morally. But really it's his, right? So the fact that the Torah refers to it as stucca means that the mashkun really is in the rishus, so to speak, of the person holding the mashkun, and therefore it's a real kenyan. Right, That's If it wasn't a real Kenyan, then it wouldn't be considered a tzedaka. Mikan That is the source that an, an actual creditor is actually the owner, and therefore, if he's the actual owner of the collateral, then if he gave that collateral over to the woman, that's real ownership. You could be mikdash with that which is called a mashkon de acherim. Okay. So the Gemara, bnei Rav Huna bar Avin zovuna he amsa befrite a story. Okay, the children of Huna bar Avin they wanted to buy a certain Ama Ivriya for some copper prutas. But they didn't have the money. So So what they did was they left a collateral, a silver bar. In the end, what happened was it became more yakar. She became actually more expensive to buy. And so they wanted, the seller wanted to buy out of the sale or back out of the sale, I should say, because he didn't want to sell anymore. She was too valuable. So now they had a dintaira. They had to judge, right, whether he can back out. Does the seller have the right to back out of that deal after having been given the collateral? So Amalu Ravami said to them, Prite Ainkan, Naska Ainkan. He says, listen, you didn't bring the prutos, which was the value of the woman, and the silver bar is not really here for the seller to keep, which is to say he didn't seem to think that this collateral uh, constituted a Kenyan at all. So he gave that first uh, shot, okay? So now we say, Tana Rabbanan, Itkachali Bimana, Right, in Abraissa we said if a woman says, become, uh, right, Mikudeshes to me with this hundred dollars. Okay? Oh, by the way, so that was it. That story finished that idea that with regards to the Mashkon, we don't want the woman to be Mikudeshes with the Mashkon. New case. A woman is uh, being pro- pro- proposed to with a hundred dollars. She takes the hundred dollars, what does she do? She throws it into the, a, a fiery pit. Uh oh. Or into the sea. This doesn't sound like it's going to be a very tranquil marriage, Barry. She takes it and she throws it into an incinerator. Ain't a Mekudeshis. She's not Mekudeshis. The Gemara asks, Hashiditinu Kamei? Wait, do you mean that if she threw it into a incinerator or a fiery furnace, it should not be Mekudeshis? But if she, all she did was take the money and throw it down with disgust on the ground, she would be Mekudeshis? If she, as long as she didn't destroy the gift? Habi Kedushin? Says the Gemara, Haka Amrle Shkil Below Loba Ina. 
doesn't, don't we say by her very actions that what she's really saying in essence is take this money and I don't want you or your money? Says the Gemara, Lomi Bai Kamar. Right, that's true. It's another case of Lomi Bai. Lomi Bai, you should have seen a Kamei de Lava Kedushin. Of course, not even necessary to say that if she throws it on the ground, that's plainly true. That if she takes his money and says, take this and shove it, right, that it's not, she's not going to be Mekudeshas. Avazrakli, Yamala, or you might have thought that that case for sure she's not Mekudeshas. But maybe if she throws it into the fire, she is Mekudeshas. Why? Because you might say, you might have mistakenly thought this is not the case. But since she's now, what? Chayv. Andrew, you give somebody $100 and they throw it into a furnace. They owe you $100, right? You, you were in the middle of a deal. What's going on? So you might have thought, since she has a chayv to him, so she's going to be herself by this chayv that she now has to the man. And therefore, if you're going to say that she is really Mekadesh to him, why then in, in the world would she behave this way? It's a test, Barry. She wants to see, that, what is this man temper like, right? It's a very good way, right? You're only going to get, you only get three dates to figure out if you want to spend the rest of your life together. So you've got to do something drastic. You, he's going to give you the money to Mekadesh you. You throw it into the fire, see how he reacts, and you know if he's an even-keeled guy. It's actually not a terrible idea, right? She's thinking, I'm going to test him, right? If the Kayla, hi, Gavra, I'm going to test this dude to see, does he have Does he have a temper? Kamash Milan, no. Even if that's her modus operandi, she's still not Mekadesh in that way. Okay, another Bryce, two lines up from the white tunnel bunny. It's actually Bimana, it's named Abel Avicha. He says, hi, Please, will you marry me? He says, give the money to your father or to my father. Ain't a not kablumli. But if she says, I'll accept the money, but just don't give it to me, I'm going to lose it. Give it to my father or to your father. She is Mikudeshes. Mikudeshes. So the Tan of the Braisha said, What? Abba is teaching you the power of the Raisha. Again, in the Raisha, she says, She's not Mikudeshes. In other words, even if she says, Don't give it to me, give it to my father, she's not Mikudeshes because it means that she doesn't want it. Right? It's not consent. Tana avicha, and the case of your father, l'diecha kocha de seifa. Right? And, this, and, and we learn, again, why did it say my father and your father? Because, of, again, a boy comes to the girl and he says, be mekudesh to me, and he says, you know what? Give it to your father and hold, hold on to it, but I will be mekudesh with that. That would work, and that's the chiddush, right? And the second part where it does work, as long as she gives it to some reliable custodian, that condition would, would actually work. Uh, what if he says, marry me with a mana and name Liploni? And she says, give it to a rando. Give it to, right? Give it to Chaim Shechter. She's not Mekodesh. I'm not Shechter. And again, like a father, if she says, I'm not that Shechaim Shechter is going to accept my behind, she is Mekodesh. Utsricha. And we needed all these cases. Diyash, Me'in, and Abba, Ve'avicha. Maybe you would have said, just father or my father. She trusts them. Right? Thinking they will indeed do it for me. But if you only learn the case of a random person, right, it's an impartial third party. Right? There it's going to work. It's only there when she says, give it to Plony. It's not valid because she doesn't know. Right? She doesn't have the parents. She doesn't have to feel close to them. And it can't be assumed to be as a gift. When it comes to a father, she might say that he, he intends to give it as a gift, and therefore it's not impartial enough, and maybe you would think that that would not work. So we'll resume tomorrow with the Tanar Rabbanon, a few lines up from the bottom of Ches Amad Bez.